over the years I've maintained, and when I say maintained, it's not that it's written down, it's just something that I tend to keep in my head, what I call my greatest hits. These are essentially the uh, habits of mind that I tend to engage in when I'm not really being aware of what I'm doing to myself. It's just, these are the things that I do when I'm just reacting to what is happening in my life or what's going on around me. And one of my, what I'd refer to as my top 10 is, and this is one that's very near and dear to me, is that, you know, it's the getting wrapped up in the feeling of things are not going my way or things are not going the way that I want them to. Uh, My life is not, you know, unfolding or proceeding the way that I had hoped that it would. Uh, A kind of a variant of this is, you know, and I think sometimes in life it seems like, I know this seems rather simplistic, but it's that our, our, so many of our struggles, and I don't want to speak for everyone, but just for myself and people I've talked to about this, that a lot of our struggles come from the people that are in our lives or that we are around the most. And it's kind of the whole feeling of, you know, I don't necessarily, and, I, and I've done this one before too, you know, I, I, you know I, I don't have the people that I really want in my life because I have this idea, uh, this idealized notion of, you know, I want people in my life that are like this or like this. You know what I mean? It's, there's this tendency to think that I know what's best for me and, you know, the kind of people I want to have in my life. And when I don't have that, when my life is not going the way that it's supposed to, uh, when things are not unfolding according to plan, you know, there's this, this tendency to get wrapped up in all of these reactions to that. And that's really what I want to talk about this morning is, you know, the, where mindfulness practice and mindful coping practice really have benefited me is in being able to step back. In other words, I can choose to, if I feel like my life is not going the way that I want, things are not, you know, there's either, you know, things are not happening that I want to happen or the things that are happening are the things I don't want to happen or the people that are in my life are not the people that I want in my life. I want more people in my life that are like this or like that. And what ends up happening is, is that, you know, when you kind of slow things down and really look at what's happening, when I'm feeling that way, what's really going on is that I have, first of all, I think most importantly, what has to happen is that, and I also want to back up and say this too, it's not, in my mind, it's not wrong or bad to have an idea of how our lives should be. I don't think there's anything uh, inherently wrong about that or that anyone needs to feel bad about feeling that way. And I want to extend that same, you know, understanding to myself. It is, it's just very human. It's just, that's just what we do. Uh, we're wired that way. We're, we're, we're usually seeking out the best possible situations for ourselves. And it's really a matter of survival. It's really at a, at a deeper level. We are, you know, we think we know, you know, what would really make us happy and what would really be best. And I can't really say for sure, even with me or anyone else, I don't know if what I think would be best, I don't know if what I think I need is really what I need. I have no way of knowing. There's nothing, there's no factual information or data really to, uh, to, you know, to back that up with or to triangulate those beliefs. 
And so when I kind of go through that thought exercise of questioning myself, it's, you know, what really has to happen first is I have to have an idea of what I think I need in my life or how things need to be going, or I need to be buying in in some way to a vision of how I think things should go or how things should be. And then once I do that, then it's a matter of what happens next is, and, and I'm hoping that this helps, because I think what, you know, in most cases, all this stuff is happening in real time. It's literally as we're living our lives, going through whatever we're going through, sometimes it's easy to be plagued by these feelings. And I find that sometimes I tend to like to slow things down. I can't always do it in the moment, but when I'm really taking a look at, you know, as far as my own habits of mind, when I'm trying to alleviate my own unnecessary suffering, when I'm trying to be mindful and practice coping mindfully, I have to be able to have a, a, a place and be in a space where I can slow things down and really start to unpack what's really going on. So in other words, you know, I'm in a place where I've, I'm holding some beliefs about what it is that would be best for me or how things need to go or how things need to be. And then it's a matter of I have to really be attached to those beliefs and I really have to identify with those beliefs and the more I do that and there again I don't know exactly what it is that happens when I do that I just know that at some point I can become very attached to a belief that yeah this is really what I need this is what I've always wanted this this would be great I, you know, I, I need it to be like this and then if I'm not careful I'm unconsciously really Everything I'm doing is to try to make that be a certain way. And not that that's wrong or not that that's bad. It's just simply human. But as I begin to identify with those beliefs, that's really where the suffering starts. When I start feeling like I can't really be... And there again, it, this kind of happens very naturally. If I've, if I've got an idea of how things should be and I'm attached to that, I'm identifying it with it. I become the person that needs this to be a certain way. So now I've kind of created an identity for myself. This is who I am. This is part of, you know, who I, you know, this is part of, you know, who I am now. And then there's a story, the line, storyline that goes along with this. You know, this is the, I'm the person that needs life to be a certain way. I'm the person that needs certain people to be in my life, or I'm the person that's unhappy because I, the people that are in my life are not the kind of people that I think I need to have in my life, and they're not doing the things that I want them to do. And so I become this person that's dissatisfied, and it's all really an identity. This is all, you know, this is, you know, all patterns that are developed in the mind. And so I start really believing that this is who I am, and this is where I'm at, and this is what's happening. And this is what I'm not getting that I really want, that I really want. And things are not happening. I'm the person that's, you know, having to endure things being a certain way. And I know this sounds like a lot, but it really, when you slow it down and kind of think about it, what, it, what I find happens is that if I can slow it down and really see and pick this apart and uh, look at the different parts of the puzzle, the more I do this, then the less I really identify with being that person that's not getting what I want or my life is not the way I wish that it was or that I don't have the things that I think that I really need. And so as I start to see that, then it really kind of exposes the next layer of this. And that is that when I start identifying with that, all of my actions and all of my behaviors start being driven by trying to 
create this reality that I see in my head. And the difficult part about this is, but I think this is completely obvious to everyone, is that you know life generally very seldom ever really unfolds the way, you know, according to the vision that we have in our heads. I think, at least for me, where the struggle has been is that where I suffer because of the disconnect between the two. In other words, you know, this is what I really want to see. This is what I really want to happen. This is really what I want to have. And none of these things are really coming to pass. Or maybe some of them are, but, you know, I'm really focused on the ones that aren't. And from a mindfulness standpoint, what I find is, is that the more I can practice being aware that my mind is going through all these gyrations, because that's probably the most important thing about this particular subject and why this is one of my greatest hits, is that you know this one is absolutely laden with emotion. There is so much emotion wrapped up in wanting things to be a certain way, needing things to be a certain way, needing people to act the way we want them to act, treat, wanting them to treat us the way we want them to treat us. There's a lot of emotion that's wrapped up in that. There are a lot of feelings that come from having those needs and those needs not being met. And I'm not saying it, and I don't want anyone to get me wrong, I'm not saying that it's okay for our needs not to be met. I realize that there are legitimate needs that we have to be healthy, to be well, to be happy. And those are very important, and those are needs that I don't ever want to deny or minimize the importance of that. It's really more of the needs that we have for the things that are not necessary. I mean, sure, they would be nice, but they're not necessarily, you know, they're not necessarily uh, required for our survival. Uh, those are just, you know, they're just kind of extra, uh, you know, extra things that would be wonderful if they were actually so. And there again, I'm kind of bumping into that one. That that's also, I think, there again because I'm speaking from the standpoint of starting to look at what my mind is doing when I'm doing this. I'm realizing just in the moment that part of that unpacking process is, you know, that questioning. In other words, this sequence of things that I have spoken about, as you you know, look deeper and deeper into this habit of mind and all the various components that are, or what I'd refer to as parts of the puzzle, you put all these things together and then you, you, you have a person who is really causing themselves a lot of unnecessary suffering and reacting to things not being the way that they want or people not being the way that they wish they would be or life not happening the way they wish that it would. And the more that we spend, and that's really where I find mindfulness helps, is that I first have to, before I'm able to really deal with any of this and begin to really take a deeper look at it, I have to be able to be in touch with my mind and also paying attention to what's going on right here and right now. And the reason that I say that is, is that I have to be able to have some sort of skill, and this is a skill available to anyone, it, is, it doesn't require anything special. It just takes practice. I need to be able to really put myself in a space where I can begin to see that these are just reactions to things. These are just thought patterns. They're habits of mind. They're habits of thought. And they're really not, they're really not me. They're not really part of me. These are just you know, neural grooves that have been laid down. And I tend to just go to these familiar places 
because they become, it becomes comfortable when things get tough, when life gets challenging and we kind of lose our center, so to speak, or we're stressed or we're anxious or whatever the case may be, feeling whatever negative emotion we're feeling. Sometimes we can tend to, if we're not aware, if we're not mindful, we can just tend to move right into habits of mind that tend to be comforting. And it's odd that sometimes these habits of mind that can cause us suffer, you know, cause us unnecessary suffering that ultimately do not make us feel good can tend to be some of the, what I refer to as the old familiar friends that we tend to have. And the old, you know, what I call the old familiar, you know, the old family home, you know, the place that we return to sometimes, even though it's not necessarily where we uh, you know, want or need to be. Or, it, you know, it's just a place. It doesn't necessarily have to be referred to as an old family home. It's just a, it's a spot that we tend to return to uh, when we're not really making any better choices for ourselves. So what I find is, is that if I can begin to do the work of paying attention to my mind, the more I do this, the more I automatically will begin to stop identifying with these particular feelings. I will begin to start realizing that having all of these preconceived notions about how my life should be and how I want it to be, and all of the people that are in my life that you know are that I don't want in my life, or the people that I do wish would be in my life that aren't, I can start to see that you know this is just a lot of putting myself through a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of unnecessary suffering. It wastes a tremendous amount of energy and it really robs us of our focus and ability to do the things that are really best for us in each moment. And so when I'm somewhere else completely focused on, instead of being here where things really are happening, and there's quite a bit of what's happening right now that I can't control. I can't control other people's behavior. I can't make people conform to the visions that I have for them, and I can't make them behave the way I want them to behave, and I can't really necessarily, you know, control the outcome of everything, and I can't really necessarily will my life to be a certain way, so if I can let go of the need, or the, the, the let go of the belief, or the delusion, that if I just do this or that, I can actually make these things to be so. And really what's interesting about this is all of this comes from all of this letting go and this, you know, loosening our grip on this identity of this person that's not getting what they want. The more that I'm, you know, loosening the grip on needing to believe that I'm that's who I am, I can actually just be whoever I am. I don't have to really define it. I don't really have to describe it. I'm just really me who I am naturally in each and every moment without a need to, to need things to be a certain way. And the more I've done this, the more I have found that it feels very strange at first and it feels very unfamiliar to just let things be as they are. Because even if, and, I, and I've kind of played this out to its furthest extent, if I think I know who are the people I really, or what kind of people I want to have in my life that are treating me a certain way, how do, how do I even go out and find that? How do I even begin to think that I could possibly, you know, and, and there again, it's this questioning that is really therapeutic. And, you know, the questioning practice is really one of those ancient practices, just like meditation, 
you know, mindfulness meditation. And the more that we start questioning our assumptions and our beliefs, and it is painful sometimes, it is scary sometimes, but it is really part of the mindful coping process. And that we really, until we can begin to question our beliefs about who we think we are, about what it is we believe we really need, how we think things need to be, the more that we can. And we don't do this in a way that's trying to cause ourselves any pain. This is all about being very kind and gentle to ourselves. It's just a matter of practice. And the more that we let go of the need to control everything... And it doesn't mean that we shouldn't make our best efforts in life. Clearly, you know, we all have responsibilities, and I don't think I really even need to necessarily speak of that. I think that's obvious. But that's, you know, there again, that's just doing what comes naturally to us. You know, when we find that we're the happiest, at least for me, I'm the happiest when I'm doing what I know I really need to be doing. I don't necessarily know it always rationally, but I kind of feel that in my gut. There's just this sense that this is what I know I need to be doing. This just seems to make sense. And the more that I can live that way and the more I can let go of the need to try to control everything, then what I find is there is this ability to cope more effectively. If I can actually, you know, be in life, you know, what I call being mindful on my feet, in the middle of everything, in the middle of the storms of life, or even in the middle of the good times, I can enjoy those more if I'm living in a, from, coming from a place where my mind is just letting things be as they are and seeing things how they really are and not living from a place of needing it to conform to the way that I wish that it would be. It's almost kind of like living in a daydream. It's almost like living in a daydream. And the more I can wake up from that daydream, and start to really enjoy what's really here. And the more that I can catch myself in the act of beginning to get really attached to these needs or these beliefs that I have about needing life to be a certain way or needing people to be a certain way, the better off I feel. I have found that I am. I can actually enjoy the things that are really here, the things that I don't necessarily have to will them into being. They're just here. They just—it's just part of life unfolding the way that it does. And I've found that by just really, there's no need. The neat part about this is, is that we don't—you know—we don't really have to try to do anything. It's really, if, if anything, the only thing that we really do is just make the choice to practice paying more attention to our minds, and that can be, you know, sitting quietly regularly, you know, on a daily basis or every other day or several times a week or whatever it is. It can be, you know, walking mindfully. It can be engaging in some sort of activity and being very mindful about the way we engage in it. There's no real right or wrong way. I think it just, everyone has a different way of practicing. And for some people it's, you know, making art. For other people it's writing, whatever it is. So I'm not saying that you necessarily have to sit still and just pay attention to your mind. I think that it probably is the purest form of practice. And I think in some ways it can also be the most challenging part of practice because in order to sit still and pay attention to our minds, we have to confront the selves that we are when we're just constantly in motion, constantly thinking, constantly reacting, constantly 
you know, seeing visions of what we think or, and, and also visions of what we think will make us the happiest and trying to, you know, live according to this vision of how we think everything should unfold and how everything should go. The more that we can just let things be as they are and, and just embrace the way that they are. And I'm not saying that we have to embrace things that are bad or unhealthy for us or things that are really, you know, really truly and genuinely hurting us, but that we find a way to cope with them. And I think that it's much easier, at least for me, to be able to cope with what is if I'm supported by a practice that I engage in on a regular basis to be able to just sit with whatever it is that I'm feeling. And that allows me to be able to, what I'd refer to, is to come to and realize, you know, this is what I'm doing. And sometimes it really does feel like when we do this, you know, it's waking up from a daydream. It's waking up from being asleep psychologically. You know, we're, so, we're literally somewhere else uh, trying to make things be a certain way, reacting to what is happening in our lives or what's not happening that we wish was happening or reacting to people being the way we wish they weren't or vice versa. And just being here, I started to find the more I've done this that I can really cope with life much more effectively because I can deal with whatever is happening, even if it's something I don't like, even if it's something that's uncomfortable because I'm not carrying all the baggage of needing and I'm also not expending valuable energy trying to once I realize it's not you know it's you know it's not going according to plan that I don't have to necessarily expend all this energy to try to fix it and to try to make it be the way that I think that it needs to be because what I'm finding is the more I let this happen this way the more I practice being more mindful and and, and letting it help me cope more effectively with what is And the more that I can see through these delusions that I have about thinking I know better in terms of what, you know, the way things should be, then there's really less investment in all of the reactions to things not going according to plan because I'm not so invested in the plan. And I'm there again, I'm not saying that plans are wrong. As humans, we do need to have plans. There are times when that's very called for, but there are some times I think where I do this when it's not necessary. And it doesn't mean that I'm bad or that I'm wrong for doing it. It just means that I'm doing something mindlessly that is causing myself unnecessary suffering. I don't have to do this. I don't have to feel this way. I don't have to be invested in something, a belief that I'm holding about the way life should be that's really not serving me very well. And I'm just really living more with and embracing what is actually happening. And I'm finding in a lot of cases that it's enough, that it really is. I don't need to have all this drama in my mind uh, playing this, you know, it's like I'm trying to live life with a movie going in my head 24-7. You know, I'm trying to be in two places at once and I really can't be here if I'm there. I can really only be in one place in one time. If I'm going to really fully be there, if I'm really going to be present, and I think I'm much better off being here being fully present no matter how it's going so that I can cope in the best way I can with so many things in life that I just can't control and just really enjoying what there is even though there's a lot of it that I can't control. I can just do my best. I know where I can do my best but I know where my limits are and I know where the boundaries are or at least I have a better idea 
if I allow more of, of uh, you know, of my mind to be here instead of somewhere else where I wish that, you know, I could be, but that I'm not.